Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Thursday, November 9th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11 and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea and from the north, even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Kayai Sarah, and it means, Life of Sarah. Genesis 24, 53-67 Then he brought out silver and gold jewelry and clothing and presented them to Rebekah. He also gave expensive presents to her brother and mother. Then they ate their meal, and the servant and the men with him stayed there overnight. But early the next morning Abraham's servant said, Send me back to my master. But we want Rebekah to stay with us at least ten days, her brother and mother said. Then she can go. But he said, Don't delay me. The Lord has made my mission successful. Now send me back so I can return to my master. Well, they said, we'll call Rebecca and ask her what she thinks. So they called Rebecca. Are you willing to go with this man, they asked her, and she replied, yes, I will go. So they said goodbye to Rebecca and sent her away with Abraham's servant and his men. The woman who had been Rebecca's childhood nurse went along with her. They gave her this blessing as she parted. Our sister, may you become the mother of many millions. May your descendants be strong and conquer the cities of their enemies. Then Rebekah and her servant girls mounted the camels and followed the men. So Abraham's servant took Rebekah 
and went on his way. Meanwhile, Isaac, whose home was in the Negev, had returned from Bir Lahai Roy. One evening, as he was walking and meditating in the fields, he looked up and saw the camels coming. When Rebekah looked up and saw Isaac, she quickly dismounted from her camel. Who is that man walking through the fields to meet us? she asked the servant, and he replied, It is my master. So Rebekah covered her face with her veil. Then the servant told Isaac everything he had done, and Isaac brought Rebekah into his mother Sarah's tent, and she became his wife. He loved her deeply, and she was a special comfort to him after the death of his mother. Ezekiel 20, 1-49 On August 14th, during the seventh year of King Jehoiakim's captivity, some of the leaders of Israel came to request a message from the Lord. They sat down in front of me to wait for his reply. Then this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, tell the leaders of Israel, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. How dare you come to ask me for a message? As surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, I will tell you nothing. Son of man, bring charges against them and condemn them. Make them realize how detestable the sins of their ancestors really were. Give them this message from the Sovereign Lord. When I chose Israel, when I revealed myself to the descendants of Jacob in Egypt, I took a solemn oath that I, the Lord, would be their God. I took a solemn oath that day that I would bring them out of Egypt to a land I had discovered and explored for them, a good land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the best of all lands anywhere. Then I said to them, Each of you, get rid of the vile images you are so obsessed with. Do not defile yourselves with the idols of Egypt, for I am the Lord your God. But they rebelled against me and would not listen. They did not get rid of the vile images they were obsessed with, or forsake the idols of Egypt. Then I threatened to pour out my fury on them to satisfy my anger while they were still in Egypt. But I didn't do it, for I acted to protect the honor of my name. I would not allow shame to be brought on my name among the surrounding nations who saw me reveal myself by bringing the Israelites out of Egypt. So I brought them out of Egypt and led them into the wilderness. There I gave them my decrees and regulations so they could find life by keeping them. And I gave them my Sabbath days of rest as a sign between them and me. It was to remind them that I am the Lord who had set them apart to be holy. But the people of Israel rebelled against me, and they refused to obey my decrees there in the wilderness. They wouldn't obey my regulations, even though obedience would have given them life. They also violated my Sabbath days. So I threatened to pour out my fury on them, and I made plans to utterly consume them in the wilderness. But again I held back in order to protect the honor of my name before the nations who had seen my power in bringing Israel out of Egypt. But I took a solemn oath against them in the wilderness. 
I swore I would not bring them into the land I had given them, a land flowing with milk and honey, the most beautiful place on earth. For they had rejected my regulations, refused to follow my decrees, and violated my Sabbath days. Their hearts were given to their idols. Nevertheless, I took pity on them and held back from destroying them in the wilderness. Then I warned their children not to follow in their parents' footsteps, defiling themselves with their idols. I am the Lord your God, I told them. Follow my decrees, pay attention to my regulations, and keep my Sabbath days holy, for they are a sign to remind you that I am the Lord your God. But their children, too, rebelled against me. They refused to keep my decrees and follow my regulations, even though obedience would have given them life. And they also violated my Sabbath days. So again, I threatened to pour out my fury on them in the wilderness. Nevertheless, I withdrew my judgment against them to protect the honor of my name before the nations that had seen my power in bringing them out of Egypt. But I took a solemn oath against them in the wilderness. I swore I would scatter them among all the nations because they did not obey my regulations. They scorned my decrees by violating my Sabbath days and longing for the idols of their ancestors. I gave them over to worthless decrees and regulations that would not lead to life. I let them pollute themselves with the very gifts I had given them, and I allowed them to give their firstborn children as offerings to their gods, so I might devastate them and remind them that I alone am the Lord. Therefore, Son of Man, give the people of Israel this message from the Sovereign Lord. Your ancestors continued to blaspheme and betray me, for when I brought them into the land I had promised them They offered sacrifices on every high hill and under every green tree they saw. They roused my fury as they offered up sacrifices to their gods. They brought their perfumes and incense and poured out their liquid offerings to them. I said to them, What is this high place where you are going? This kind of pagan shrine has been called Bama, the high place, ever since. Therefore, give the people of Israel this message from the Sovereign Lord. Do you plan to pollute yourselves, just as your ancestors did? Do you intend to keep prostituting yourselves by worshipping vile images? For when you offer gifts to them and give your little children to be burned as sacrifices, you continue to pollute yourselves with idols to this day. Should I allow you to ask for a message from me, O people of Israel? As surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, I will tell you nothing. You say we want to be like the nations all around us who serve idols of wood and stone. But what you have in mind will never happen. As surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, I will rule over you with an iron fist in great anger and with awesome power. And in anger... I will reach out with my strong hand and powerful arm, and I will bring you back from the lands where you are scattered. I will bring you into the wilderness of the nations, and there I will judge you face to face. 
I will judge you there just as I did your ancestors in the wilderness after bringing them out of Egypt, says the Sovereign Lord. I will examine you carefully and hold you to the terms of the covenant. I will purge you of all those who rebel and revolt against me. I will bring them out of the countries where they are in exile, but they will never enter the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord. As for you, O people of Israel, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Go right ahead and worship your idols, but sooner or later you will obey me and will stop bringing shame on my holy name by worshiping idols. For on my holy mountain, the great mountain of Israel, says the Sovereign Lord, the people of Israel will some day worship me, and I will accept them. There I will require that you bring me all your offerings and choice gifts and sacrifices. When I bring you home from exile, you will be like a pleasing sacrifice to me, and I will display my holiness through you as all the nations watch. Then, when I have brought you home to the land I promised with a solemn oath to give to you and to your ancestors, you will know that I am Yehovah. You will look back on all the ways you defiled yourselves and will hate yourselves because of the evil you have done. You will know that I am Yahweh, the people of Israel, when I have honored my name by treating you mercifully in spite of of your wickedness. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. Then this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, turn and face the south and speak out against it. Prophesy against the brushlands of the Negev. Tell the southern wilderness this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Hear the word of the Lord. I will set you on fire, and every tree, both green and dry, will be burned. The terrible flames will not be quenched and will scorch everything from south to north, and everyone in the world will see that I, the Lord, have set this line, this fire. It will not be put out. Then I said, O Sovereign Lord, they are saying of me, He only talks in riddles. Hebrews 9, 11-28 So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all and secured our redemption forever. Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Just think how much more the blood of Yeshua will purify our consciences from sinful deeds, so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the Eternal Spirit, Yeshua offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. That is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and his people, so that all who are called can receive the eternal inheritance of God that has been promised to them. For Yeshua died to set them free from the penalty of the sins they had committed under that first covenant. Now, when someone leaves a will, it is necessary to prove that the person who made it is dead. 
the will goes into effect only after the person's death. While the person who made it is still alive, the will cannot be put into effect. That is why even the first covenant was put into effect with the blood of an animal. For after Moses had read each of God's commandments to all the people, he took the blood of calves and goats along with water and sprinkled both the book of God's law and all the people using hyssop branches and scarlet wool. Then he said, This blood confirms the covenant God has made with you. And in the same way, he sprinkled blood on the tabernacle and on everything used for worship. In fact, according to the law or Torah of Moses, nearly everything was purified with blood. For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. That is why the tabernacle and everything in it, which were copies of things in heaven, had to be purified by the blood of animals. But the real things in heaven had to be purified with far better sacrifices than the blood of animals. For Christ, Yeshua, did not enter into a holy place made with human hands, which was only a copy of the true one in heaven. He entered into heaven itself to appear now before God on our behalf, and he did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again, like the high priest here on earth who enters the most holy place year after year with the blood of an animal. If that had been necessary, Yeshua would have had to die again and again ever since the world began. But now, once for all time, he has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice. And just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment, so also Yeshua was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. Psalm 107, 1-43 Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. For he has gathered the exiles from many lands, from east and west, from north and south. Some wandered in the wilderness, lost and homeless, hungry and thirsty. They nearly died. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he rescued them from their distress. He led them straight to safety, to a city where they could live. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Some sat in darkness and deepest gloom, imprisoned in iron chains of misery. They rebelled against the words of God, scorning the counsel of the Most High. That is why he broke them with hard labor. They fell, and no one was there to help them. Lord, help! They cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He led them from darkness and deepest gloom. He snapped their chains. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. 
for he broke down their prison gates of bronze. He cut apart their bars of iron. Some were fools. They rebelled and suffered for their sins. They couldn't stand the thought of food, and they were knocking on death's door. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them, snatching them from the door of death. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and sing joyfully about his glorious acts. Some went off to sea in ships, plying the trade routes of the world. They too observed the Lord's power in action, his impressive works on the deepest seas. He spoke, and the winds rose, stirring up the waves. Their ships were tossed to the heavens and plunged again to the depths. The sailors cringed in terror. They reeled and staggered like drunkards and were at their wits' end. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waves. What a blessing was that stillness as he brought them safely into harbor. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Let them exalt him publicly before the congregation and before the leaders of the nation. He changes rivers into deserts and springs of water into dry, thirsty land. He turns the fruitful land into salty wastelands because of the wickedness of those who live there. But he also turns deserts into pools of water the dry land into springs of water. He brings the hungry to settle there and to build their cities. They sow their fields, plant their vineyards, and harvest their bumper crops. How he blesses them! They raise large families there, and their herds of livestock increase. When they decrease in number and become impoverished through oppression, trouble, and sorrow, the Lord pours contempt on their princes, causing them to wander in trackless wastelands. But he rescues the poor from trouble and increases their families like flocks of sheep. The godly will see these things and be glad, while the wicked are struck silent. Those who are wise will take all this to heart. They will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. Proverbs 27.11 Be wise, my child, and make my heart glad. Then I will be able to answer my critics. I want to talk to you today regarding what we read in Ezekiel chapter 20, and it's the second part of that chapter that I want to do a deep dive on. And actually, this passage, starting in verse 33, is a cornerstone key passage of many, many passages that talk about the greater exodus to come. So we all know about the first exodus when the Hebrews left Egypt. And with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, God delivered them. There were ten plagues brought upon Egypt, the last plague being the death of the firstborn. And then that evening, the children of Israel had a Passover meal. And the next morning, they walked out of Egypt no longer slaves, but free. And the cloud by day showed up, the pillar of fire by night. And the Lord 
led them on this journey to the promised land. But in Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 33, the Lord is revealing to us another time in the future that has not yet happened because all of the language and the verb tense is future prophetic. I will do this. I will do that. And he says, I will, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times, I will, comes up in this path, in these verses. So it's in the future. And it's not just talking about the Jews. It's talking to all of God's people. Remember, those of us who are not Jewish, we are grafted in by faith into the olive tree called Israel, Romans 11. So this is talking about a greater exodus to come that is going to involve and include both the house of Judah, the Jews, and the house of Joseph, or Ephraim, the non-Jews, all twelve tribes. So let's start in verse 33, Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 33. As surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, I will rule over you with an iron fist and great anger and with awesome power. And in anger I will reach out with my strong hand and powerful arm, and I will bring you back from the lands where you have been scattered. Now, whenever you see the phrase strong hand and powerful arm, that's a Hebrew idiom, and it's basically it's referring to Yeshua. And so God is the Father, and Yeshua now sits at his right hand. God is the Father is like the CEO, and Yeshua is his... Um, He implements, he executes, and he puts into practice the will of the Father. And so um, that's a reference to Yeshua. Okay, so he's saying, I'm going to gather you from all the lands where you've been scattered. And what's he going to do? Verse 35, I will bring you into the wilderness of the nations, and there I will judge you face to face. I will judge you there, just as I did your ancestors in the wilderness after bringing them out of Egypt. So it makes a direct comparison to this first exodus, where they were brought out into the wilderness, and they met with the Lord at Mount Sinai. Um, He's going to do this again. He's going to bring his people into the wilderness of the nations, and he's going to judge us in the same way that he did with the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. I will carefully, I will examine you carefully and hold you to the terms of the covenant. In a different translation, the New King James Version, that same verse reads, which I like this translation better, I will make you pass under the rod and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. What's this bond of the covenant he's talking about? Well, it was a marriage covenant. When Moses came down and he uh, shared the Ten Commandments with the people and said, will you obey these laws? The people said, yes, we will. That was their I do. It was a ketubah. It was an invitation to be betrothed to Yeshua. It was a marriage covenant. So it's not just following a rule book. It's stepping into an actual heart relationship with God the Father. Verse 38, I will purge the rebels from among you and those who transgress against me. I will bring them out of the countries where they dwell, but they shall not enter the land of Israel. 
then you will know that I am Yahovah. So in other words, he's going to ingather those who are his holy remnant, and then there's going to be those who are rebellious, and, and we will be a mixed multitude. So this includes you and me. And so though we've been gathered out of all of these nations, not everybody gets to enter the land of Israel. So the Lord is going to do a sifting and a sorting and a separating. And he's going to deal with each and every one of us one-on-one, face-to-face, and bring us under the rod. And, and when a shepherd is taking care of his sheep, he takes the sheep and brings them under his rod one by one. He numbers them as they go through the gate to go back into the pasture. And so similarly, Yeshua, our shepherd, is going to deal with each and every one of us one-on-one, face-to-face. And ask us, once again, will you marry me? Will you step into this covenant? It's a love relationship. But if you're going to live in God's house, you have to follow God's rules for his house. And so there is another exodus coming. And we know that it's partially been fulfilled in May of 1948 when the nation of Israel was once born again into the land of Israel. So secular Israel has been placed as a place for Jews to go because of all of the massive persecution that was against them from the uh, World War II and the Nazis. And so it, it became a homeland for the Jewish people to escape and to get away from all the persecution. Um, but it's a secular government. It's a secular democratic government, and I believe it's a placeholder. And it's a placeholder because ultimately Yeshua is going to establish his government there, and it will be um, a nation and a people that's grounded and um, established in the word of God, in the Torah, and with Yeshua as the king of Israel, the king of the nations. So right now we're seeing a huge spike in anti-Semitism, violent anti-Semitism. Let me actually use the more direct word, Jew hatred. All over the world, 330% increase in anti-Semitic violent attacks against Jews all over the world. In Germany, in Russia, in France, in the United States, all over the place. And so um, many Jews are considering now making Aliyah and returning back to Israel. Even though Israel is at war right now with Hamas, it's going to be safer for them to be in Israel than any other place in the world. So there is another exodus, greater exodus, that is coming. There are many, many other passages that talk about the greater exodus, and I'm not going to go there right now, um, but this is one of them. Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 32 to 42. Those verses really, it's very clear, very obvious. He's talking about another exodus in the future that he's going to do. It's similar to the first one. There's a direct comparison to the first one, but this one is going to be so incredible that they won't even talk about the first exodus anymore. So actually, I'll give you one more passage that uh, talks about the greater exodus, Jeremiah 23, verses 7 and 8. Jeremiah 23, verses 7 and 8. Therefore, behold, 
The days are coming, so this is future prophetic. This is in the future. It has not happened yet. The days are coming, says the Lord, that they will no longer say, as the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt. They're not going to talk about that anymore, of what happened in the past. Verse 8. But, as the Lord lives who brought up and led the descendants of the house of Israel from the north country and from all the countries where I had driven them, and they shall dwell in their own land. So this is talking about this greater exodus to come. Okay, have a blessed day. Please keep Israel and the Jewish people in your prayers. Please pray for the IDF. Just keep Israel in your heart. And like it says in Isaiah, I will not be silent and I will give you no rest until Jerusalem is a praise throughout all the earth. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Adonai The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.